Hello and welcome in again to Matt and a Mike. I'm now in episode five, and I want to thank everybody who supported me so far and, and for the words of encouragement. And I, I hope you keep. T- All right, without with that out of the way, uh, I've said before, you know, I'm a sports entertain in an entertainment show. Uh, but but I don't want to just be like all the others who just water down the same old topics just to have something to run my mouth about. And as much as there was to talk about in sports last week, this week's kind of dead. So, I mean, I could beat the same dead horse, but, you know, who wants to hear me do that? I mean, the NBA, I'm actually uh, checking out a little bit of a game right now. Uh, first game back, we got Boston and Milwaukee playing tonight. Actually been a pretty good game. Uh, the Lakers and, and Rockets are going to be the doubleheader to this one. But, you know, this just getting back into into the swing of things with the NBA, and we haven't seen uh, what storylines are going to play out. I mean, we can speculate and speculate all we want about the last 25 games and what this team has to do to make the playoffs and what run this team's going to go on. But <laughs> we're going to have to get a little closer to the playoffs for me to start start saying things that are going to actually happen. So, with that being said, you know, we're still a little bit, uh, a couple weeks away here from uh, March Madness kicking off, so it's a a little early for me to get into that. I don't think I'm going to do, I'm definitely going to do a bracket show. Uh, I did really well with my my bracket last year. I ended up having the actual championship game, Villanova-Michigan, and I did have the winner, Villanova. So, I I, I placed really high, actually, on my brackets in, in last year. Uh, so hopefully I can I can do a repeat of that this year, but we will have that uh, when March Madness kicks off. I get real excited about that time of year. Uh, we got let's see, we got the a- the Alliance of American Football, which will be kicking off week three this weekend. Um, and and there is a downfall here to the Alliance of American Football that I mean obviously there's only eight teams, so. We're actually going to see two rematches this weekend, and it's only in week three. So, But I will cover that after it happens, and we'll uh, check out the standings in the Alliance of American Football later on this week. Like I said, I would like to do keep doing two shows a week, if at all possible. So I will try to do that. Uh, so, so with all that being said, I figured it was time to do something a little fun for this episode. Uh, I did a list of... Uh, couple weeks back for the which one did I do the the best sports dynasties is what I did top 10 sports dynasties of all time and I got some feedback on that and and people seem to like it so I figured uh top 10 lists are fun uh if I can come up with a cool a cool topic to do one on that I would do one on this this week and I came up one that came up with one that I thought was kind of fun so I, I was gonna do another top 10 list for you guys you know, a lot of the top 10 lists are like, you know, greatest of all time or best receivers or best pitchers or, you know, so I wanted to do one a little different and and I think it's a pretty good one. So without further ado, here is my top 10 sports underdogs of all time. All right. Now to qualify for my list, so I don't have anyone jumping on me for the, for the underdogs on my list, they have to have had have have to have had upset the opposition or at least, you know, made it far in the sport they are in when the odds were stacked against them. Okay? You ready? Here we go. At number 10, the New York Giants over the New England Patriots. 
Now I start by saying I lost money on this one, <laughs> and and the first and last time I've I've uh, rooted for the New England Patriots, but I also don't like the Giants. Being a Dallas Cowboy fan, okay, on to the game. The Pats finished the season perfect. We all remember that sixteen and zero, first team to do it since the seventy two Dolphins, and the Giants. Well, they were a wild card team. They finished the season ten and six. And the game, this game is probably most remembered for people for the uh, David Tyree helmet catch on this play. Eli Manning looked like he was going to get sacked like four times, and he somehow, somehow, Eli Manning, who just seems to be glued to the turf at all times, gets away from everyone, just heaves a ball up in the middle of the air. David Tyree pins it to his helmet, comes down with it, and and I mean the rest is history. It seemed to be that the Giants were always always the kryptonite to Tom Brady. And this one, you know, a lot of people think it's a bigger upset. I got it at number 10 because I think these are two teams that made it to the Super Bowl, okay? So I don't think you can say that it's like the, the greatest upset of all time when they both did make it to the Super Bowl. These are teams who at this point in the season are regarded as the best two teams because they've made it there. So it's not as huge of upset, but when you go 16-0 and in a season – and then you blow it in the last game to a team who was a wild card team, still an upset to me. Now, for number nine on my list, we go a lot further back in history, all the way to 1960. And I have a buddy who will really enjoy this one. I, I had the Yankees in my dynasty list, and, and for a team to beat them for a title, well, that that team had to make this list. Bring in the 1960 Pittsburgh Pirates, who beat the Yankees despite being outscored, get this, in the series, they were outscored 55-27, to 27, and they won the series. <laughs> they got blown out uh, in the, all three of their losses. I mean, these are big blowouts. We're talking like 12 to nothing, 16 to nothing, 10 to nothing, big-time blowouts. But they came up big, you know, in Game 7 when they had to. Uh, Bill Mazeroski is the one who walked off on the juggernauts to – I call them the juggernauts – the Yankees to end the series. <laughs> so – Number nine on my list, I went with the Pittsburgh Pirates of 1960. So, we've had NFL, Major League Baseball. Now for number eight, we go to college football. And this is one of my favorite games of all time. I've been, we're talking the 2007 Fiesta Bowl between the Boise State Broncos and the Oklahoma Sooners. And like... Okay, so I'm a Texas Longhorn fan, so I am just just not designed to like Oklahoma in general. And that being said, I'm also a Boise State Bronco fan. I really enjoyed – I remember seeing a game. People were saying bandwagon or whatever they want to say. But I watched the game when I was really little. It was a bowl game, just a little meaningless bowl game on the blue turf. And it was uh, actually between two teams who were blue, Tulsa, Golden Hurricane, and someone else that was blue. It might have been Rice. Uh, it was probably the Humanitarian Bowl. But either way, like I didn't realize it was a bowl game. I was younger. And I always thought that Tulsa was the team who had the blue turf. But it turns out it was Boise State, so I started liking them. And then they got real big. Uh, I mean, uh, Peterson, the coach, and they had several decent quarterbacks. And... They just really got big, and they just kept recruiting and recruiting, and I mean, he did a wonderful job there. And so it came down in 2007. Boise State comes in undefeated, Oklahoma with two losses. 
this is an instant instant classic it's, so it's sec, uh <clears throat> it's this is the second one so far on the list that I actually got to experience firsthand I got to watch the game and Boise comes into it as an 8 point underdog you know the uh, they're the much smaller school the they're in the WAC conference which is just wild as it is so in the beginning of the game, they got all over Oklahoma. They were able to go up 14 to nothing, but Oklahoma rallied back. They scored, I think, 25 points in a row, and, and they took the lead. And then and then all the craziness happened in this game, the game that made it just – that really made it what it was. So we, so we go to 4th and 18 at this point. We're going to skip ahead to the last – I believe there's about 18 seconds left on the clock. 4th and 18 – Jared Zabranski had just thrown a pick six. Oklahoma's up by seven. So the hook and lateral happens. It's a 15-yard play. So we're short of the first down. Oklahoma's playing prevent. Catches it short of the first down. He hooks, the, he ladders the ball, and then 35 yards streaking down the sideline. I can't remember the name of the guy at, just off the top of my head. 35 yards for a TD, but then, you know, we're not over. So... We got to go at this point in the game. We're tied up at 35, so we go to overtime. And Adrian Peterson at the time, who might not have even played, but, you know, the guy's superhuman and he heals unbelievably fast. So he's in there. He scores on the first play from first play in overtime, 25 yards, touchdown. So they kick the field goal. Oklahoma's up by seven. Again, Boise gets the ball. Uh, because uh, the college football knows how to play overtime rules. And they get the ball, score on a wide receiver, touchdown pass. So it was a pitch to the wide receiver, threw a touchdown pass to the tight end. Obviously, it's Boise, so they're going to be a little a little crazy with the way they, they score that play. And then they just go a step above and beyond with the Statue of Liberty. You got Zabransky with the fake. He fakes it, throws it, fakes it to throw it right with his right hand. Slips the ball behind himself with the left hand. Ian Johnson to the corner of the end zone. Proposed to your girlfriend. Number eight on my list. That's the ball game. It was just such an incredible game. Anytime I get the chance, you know, I see any highlights from the game. You have to stop and watch it. It was just such an incredible game. <clears throat> so, we're going to move on to number seven now. <clears throat> So we got another new sport for number seven. We're going to move to college basketball. And 1983. Anybody know where I'm going? See, the Houston team, the Houston Cougars, were led by Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon. So you think of those two guys on the same basketball team in college, they're just, you know, unstoppable. I mean, these, these guys... And these guys played all four years at this time, so you can imagine how good they were in college. So, NC State, led by Coach uh, Valvano, um, the complete underdog here. I mean, just, just no chance in this game. But they had it tied up late. They did. They just, they just they, they played. I think Clyde Drexler got into foul trouble early in the game, and so they had it tied up late. Uh, taking it out. I can't remember the guy's name who had the ball. Taking it out. There's five seconds left. He he throws it up. 
it what seems like a shot, which he later on claims is a pass. So Lorenzo Charles is the guy who's being covered by Akeem Olajuwon on the play. Olajuwon says that he didn't want to goaltend the ball because he thought he was going to goaltend it if he jumped up. Charles goes over his back, dunks the ball, no time left. Uh, Valvano runs on the floor, 54-52. NC State shocks the world and takes out Houston. Got seven on my list. So, why not keep the trend going? The first, uh, we got the first NBA upset on our list as we go to number six. Um, the Denver Nuggets, they became the first eight seed to beat a one seed in NBA history uh, when they beat the Seattle Supersonics. I didn't even get a year on this. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, first eight seed to beat a one seed in NBA history. And they didn't just beat them, okay? They, these guys, back then they played uh, best of five in the first round. Now I think they're all best of sevens, which I like better. It, it, it's a little, it's more games and it's more drama, but that's what the NBA is, right? The NBA is full of drama. So they're down 0-2 in the series. And we see all the uh, all the hate that the Golden State Warriors get for being down 3-1 in the finals. Can you imagine what would happen in today's age social media if you're down 0-2 in a series you are the number one seed if the Warriors were down 0-2 in a series right now say they play the Lakers okay say the Lakers end up being the eighth seed and the Warriors are the one seed and the Lakers fall down 0-3 since we'll do it in today's standard if the Lakers fall down 0-3 and come back and beat Golden State they would never live it down ever so that like that's how big this was and not, Seattle at the time, I mean, they are the Warriors in in this in in this NBA because they've they've they had the best record in the NBA. They ended the season at sixty three and nineteen. And then Denver actually had a had a little run. They actually fell down, I think, in the next series and nearly came back and got it again. So just an incredible, incredible, uh, incredible Denver Nuggets team, and that puts them firmly at number six on my list. So, they don't call it March Madness for nothing. And number five underdog proved just that. The 2006 George Mason Patriots had an epic run to the Final Four. Now, they didn't win at all, but they lost, but the, they lost uh, in the Final Four to the team that eventually you know, won the whole thing. It was the 2006 Florida Gators, who, if you don't remember that team... Ended up with four NBA players, all of whom I'm pretty sure still play in the league. I know for a fact that Al Horford still plays and who is, is a recent all-star. You have uh, Joe Kim Noah, who was playing at a very high level. He had a lot of injuries, dropped him off. But still, NBA talent and is actually still on the court. He's actually playing better recently. Uh, you have Corey Brewer, who's bounced around, who's been a but, but who's been a great role mod, role player on uh, several different teams. You have Mo Spates, who, if you guys remember, really could get buckets for those Warriors a couple years back. So there's four guys right there on that Florida team that actually ended this George Mason run. So like they didn't win at all, but still, as far as underdogs go, man, George Mason was one. And the teams, listen, the teams that they went through to get to the Final Four in 2006. Michigan State, who we all know 
is a perennial uh, powerhouse in college basketball. Uh, yeah, also, the University of North Carolina, ever heard of them in college basketball? Beat them in the second round. Wichita State, who you could say, you know, isn't like the other two, but find me an NCAA tournament in recent history without Wichita State in it. I mean, they've been there and doing it year in and year out. Also, after that, after beating Wichita State, they beat the number one seeded Connecticut Huskies. What a run. All right. Now for another game I did have the pleasure of watching. And and here's the thing, guys. I really enjoy... Like, I enjoy small schools. I, I enjoy... I actually love underdogs in general. That's one reason I wanted to do this. So... But I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, Mac, Mac football and, and the small schools and the, the formerly 1AA football. It's now the football championship series. I'm a real big fan of them, and I'm a big fan of how they do their playoff structure, which I believe that the FBS should adopt the, the playoff structure there. I mean, four teams, we all know it's not enough. But even, anyway... Back to my list. This is number four on the list. <clears throat> the uh, so, with that being said about me liking the small schools, th- this game that I watched was thrilling, and 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 the way it happened made it just like all the better, you know. So, Appalachian State over Michigan in the Big House. This was two thousand and I believe seven. A lot of things happened in that little 2006-2007 year. It was crazy for upsets, apparently. So, we had everything in this game, right? Appalachian State, they got off to a strong start. Michigan takes the lead early. Then Appalachian State has a big second quarter. They take the lead into halftime. I mean, this is... Look, this is a Michigan team who was, at the time, number five in the country. Number five in the country playing at one of the most packed uh, packed stadiums you know in America you don't get you don't get a hundred thousand people at every at every ball game but at the big house you do so with that being said Appalachian State comes in small school you know FCS school now the thing about Appalachian State was at the time is that they had won two straight FCS championships. So they come into Michigan, into the big house, against number five. They're up 28-17 at half. Michigan comes back, takes a one-point lead, but wasn't over yet. App State kicks a field goal, 26 seconds left to take the lead again. But Michigan drives down, and they have a chance. And guess what happens? Field goal gets blocked. App State goes down in history. I mean, this this is just it's just it. It's just the biggest college football upset to me that 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 I've ever seen. So puts them firmly at number four on the list. Also, App State that year went on to win its third straight FCS championship, and Michigan went from number five. This how this shows you how big of a, a loss this was. Michigan went from number five to unranked. And, you know, after this loss, one week, number five to unranked. So just an incredible, 
just an incredible feat for Appalachian State. All right, folks, it is top three time. Are you getting excited? I can't hear you, so. All right, this one stings. You know, I grew up uh, I grew up believing and, and still do that uh, Mike Tyson in his prime was, like, the baddest dude ever, you know? I, I mean, even when I was a little kid, I didn't get to see him in, like, his super prime, like, in, like, the, the late 80s or whatever. I mean, I was born in 88, so... I got to see him still dominating, but not not that way, like when I was real little. And then, like in the 2000s, like completely falling off the map because he was just, he was just old. He was too slow. But, I mean, he was just unreal, you know? Like he just walked through guys. Like his punches, like you watch him punch people and it just hurt you just to look at it. Just to, just to see him punch a punching bag, you know, like kind of makes you grimace a little bit. But February 11th, 1990, in the Tokyo Dome, he wasn't the baddest man on the planet. I mean, he's coming in facing a guy. He, Tyson himself, came in undefeated, 37-0 at the time. Going up against Buster Douglas, who who, who was no slouch. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was no slouch himself. I mean, he had, he did come off of a loss, he had a loss, and then he won six in a row. So I mean, he was on a he was on a streak. Tyson was having a lot of issues. I won't make excuses for this fight either way, but Tyson was having a lot of a lot of issues with Don King, a lot of legal issues and things like that. But he comes into it. I mean, Douglas just kept him at bay the whole you know the whole fight. He just he was using his jab. He wouldn't let Tyson get in, and I mean, he beat him up. He was beating him up. And and Tyson got him. Finally, in the ninth round, <clears throat> Tyson comes and, and lands that uppercut and sends him down. And you think, you know what, finally Tyson's got him. He gets up on a nine count. Some people say it was slow. It is what it is. He got up. So he got, not only did he get up, but he, he kept coming at Tyson. And he had him rattled at the end of the ninth. And he finished him in the tenth with a, with a huge uppercut. And then there's the famous... Tyson, you know, fumbling around on the mat looking for his mouthpiece and just, you know, not the way you want to see him. You know, you, you think of this guy like this and he's just larger than life with how he's like just running through these these skilled boxers. He's just walking right through them and then just see him sprawled out on the mat like like he's just human. That makes it makes it all the bigger to me. All right, on to number two, ladies and gentlemen. So. And I'll never, ever be able to explain this one. I, I put it this high because, you know, I watched the whole thing and I didn't believe it was real till you know till it was over. And even then, I wasn't sure. You know, never before has a 16 seed beat a one in the in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Madness doesn't do it justice. The University of Maryland, Baltimore County, beat number one seed Virginia. This was just just over a year. A little less than a year ago. And, it, guys, it wasn't even close. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Virginia was <clears throat> praised for defense and coaching, and they just flat out got played. <clears throat> I mean, you could see during the game, the Virginia players were, players were bigger. They seemed faster. They seemed stronger. And none of it ever mattered. 
I mean, there was a little guard, and man, I cannot remember his name. I should have looked it up. But there was a little guard for UMBC who just run circles around these guys. I mean, I don't know if it was just that they didn't, that they didn't, you know, show up. I mean, I, I hate to say that, you know, because if you're coached that well, you show up for the games. And they, I mean, to me, it felt like they didn't. You know, I watched the game and it was close early and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, well, Virginia will start knocking down their shots and they'll get back into this. And it just never happened. It was like the wildest. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Like, because for me, I, I root for chaos in sports. It's just who I am. Like, I'm going to root for the underdog 100% of the time. And you you want that. You want that wow moment in sports. Like, you know, anything's possible, especially for, for guys like me who, you know, like, I would like to imagine that I could beat Kobe Bryant in a pickup game, okay? It's not going to happen. But, like, <laughs> but, or I could beat him in a game of horse, at least, you know what I'm saying? And games like this make you think, you know, maybe I could. Maybe just on a random day in in, uh, <laughs> in, in history that it could happen. <clears throat> but it was just... <clears throat> it was just one of those games, you know, that that reaffirms my love of sports. Basically, I'll just put it that way. Well, we reached that time in the countdown where there can only be one winner. And I'll just ask you a question. Do you believe in miracles? Well, you should. You should now. And you should know the story. Now, much like Rocky versus Drago, the U.S. men's hockey team had no business on the ice against the Soviet team, who'd won won at the time five of the last six Winter Olympics gold medals, and they had won four in a row. I mean, these guys on the Russian teams, they, they were pros, you know, and the USA teams... These were amateurs. They were the, they were actually the the youngest team in the whole field. <clears throat> There's not a whole lot of explaining to go into this. It's just that they were completely outmatched. They should not have won. I believe the odds on that were at a thousand to one, and they they did. And then they won it. I mean, the fact is that we we may never see an upset like this again. Which is, which is why it sets at the top spot on my my top ten underdogs of all time. So <clears throat> that's gonna wrap up my list. Apparently, I have uh, having serious issues issues trying to trying to speak tonight for some reason. Got a frog in my throat, I guess. So, but that concludes my list, top ten. Like I did with the first show, I'm gonna run through my list again. Uh, just naming them off, just to refresh them in your mind, so that way you can be like, ah, you're wrong on that one, you jerk, or whatever you want to say to me. So, we're going to roll through the list one more time, just to keep it fresh in your memory, and then we'll wrap up this show. Alright, so my list was top 10 sports underdogs of all time. At number 10, I had the New York Giants defeating the New England Patriots. At number 9... I had the 1960 Pittsburgh Pirates defeating the 1960 New York Yankees. At number eight on the list, 
had the Boise State Broncos upsetting Oklahoma in the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. At number seven on the list, I had the Lost my page. I remember it, though. <laughs> Number seven on my list, I had NC State uh, upsetting Houston in the 1983 College Basketball Championship. At number six on my list, I had the Denver Nuggets as the first number as the first eight seed to beat a number one seed in the NBA history when they beat the Seattle Supersonics. At number five on my list, I had the 2006 George Mason Patriots and their incredible run to the Final Four. At number four on my list, I had the Appalachian State Mountaineers going to the big house and shocking the Michigan Wolverines. At number three on my list, man, still hurts. I had Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson in the 10th round. At number two on my list was the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Just saying it seems crazy. Beating the number one seed Virginia number one seed Virginia in last year's NCAA tourney. And number one on my list, the miracle of all miracles. The nineteen eighty US men's hockey team beat the Soviet team. So that concludes my list and another episode. So be sure to like, share, and tell me if you agree, disagree on the list. But until next time, this is Matt and Mike signing off.